Welcome to Parenting Bites with Rebecca Levy. We talk about the intersection of parenting and technology. Everything you need to know about raising kids in the digital age. This is Parenting Bites. Hi, welcome to Parenting Bites. This is Rebecca Levy. I'm here in the New York studio with... Amy Oztan of SelfishMom.com. Hello. Hi, Amy. And Andrea Smith, tech guru extraordinaire. Hello. Hi, Andrea. Um, today on the podcast, we have two guests. This is like a big, guesty, fun summer podcast, although maybe not that fun. Um, our first <laughs> guest is Paul Violas of The Security Brief with Paul Violas. Um, not just a Play It podcast anymore, but also a new syndicated TV show. So we're going to talk about all that and... Ashley Madison with him. So we thought we would dive into that, even though maybe it's not parenting per se, but I think unfortunately it is. Um, and then for our second topic, we actually have a guest from MasterChef. We have MasterChef contestant Claudia Sandoval, who's going to talk to us about what it's like being a mom on a reality show and cooking for your family at home. And all that kind of good stuff. So, sex and food, that's today's episode. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to jump right in right now with Paul Violas, who I'm so excited you're here, Paul. Entirely my pleasure. Rebecca. I haven't Ladies. seen you. I was a guest on your podcast right? a few months ago, mm-hmm. and we talked about kids online and safety. Um, and then, by chance on Facebook, because this is the world we live in, you're like one of your PR people or producers posted in a mutual group we're in that you had a right. new TV show launch. That's correct. On Reels mm-hmm. and it's syndicated so everyone can see it around the country. That's correct. Every day at 12 noon Eastern. 12 noon. And I think for a little background on you, mm-hmm. um, you have one of the most interesting backgrounds, I think. It's very nice of you to say. Well, because a lot of people talk about <laughs> online security, maybe us included, but you really have this background. Mm-hmm. So can you talk a little bit about your background, and then we'll jump into um, sure. what you think about so, Ashley Madison. So real briefly, <laughs> <laughs> about 35 years uh, in law enforcement between uh, city, government, um, and private practice. And of late, as we get into the world of cyber, uh, probably about the last 10 years solid, I've spent a significant amount of time in, in the cyber crime area, cyber terrorism. Um, and now, over the last several years, as we've seen, you know, uh, on every newsstand is the business model behind cybercrime, going after corporations and money that can be made from it. And we saw, you know, we saw Sony, we saw Target, we saw a bunch of these get hit. But now it's taking that information and it's generating significant amounts of revenue and that's why you know, we're seeing this grow considerably. So what's interesting, I think, about Ashley Madison, which for people who don't know what this is... Or I, who are pretending not to know <laughs> right, what it is. Right, for every husband who's like, what's that? Um, although I guess a lot of women, Could too. I shouldn't wife. say I husbands. Say. A, a lot Could of be. women on this site, supposedly. Um, I guess we're about to find out. But they are the online cheating destination. I can't remember. What's their tagline? Does anyone know? It's like some awful tagline. Like, if you're not cheating, you should be. or some, It's something horrible that we'll look up. Um, but it's 37 million members. Just think about that. Who thought they were anonymous, who are hooking up online or taking their real life cheating online or meeting people online and taking it offline. Um, and who all thought they were anonymous, which I think is crazy. But I guess the company touted that as one of their big giant that features. That was their big. I remember doing a piece on it when it first launched a few years ago. We did a piece on ABC and it really was like. You know, not for cheaters, but if you want to, if you'd like to meet someone on the side and, you know, have it be completely anonymous, uh, this is the place for you. And they really did tout it as 
um, a place where you could go and like an online dating, but for married people. And I just looked it up and the tagline is life is short have an affair. There you go. <laughs> even even worse than I said, which was maybe you want to cheat or whatever horrible copy I had. So what's crazy about this is, as we all know, sitting at this table, and as we've talked about a million times about teaching your children, there is no such thing as anonymity right. online. Right. And they're about to find out the hard way because they were hacked. And what these hackers want to do is not about credit card information. It's not. About, it's about revealing the identities, the emails, the personal stories, and the pictures of everyone online to basically force the site to shut down, which is really interesting. I mean, this is kind of cyber... Extortion. Extortion it of, is. of a magnitude that's amazing. Right. And they were right, getting ready to go public, supposedly, right. this company. This will be the largest cyber extortion case in the history of the world. There's no question about that. Yeah. Because remember, the, the thief will take this information, and then with the power of Google, they'll find out who John Smith is, John Doe, right? They'll find out who that person is, and it's relatively simple at that point to see what your net worth is. Where do you live? Where do you go? Where do you shop? What do you travel to? Pictures online, et cetera. So now that moves you up in the list. Well, you know, maybe you got a house in the Hamptons, maybe you got a mm -hmm. house in Greenwich, wherever it is, so I think I may want to talk to you. So then they contact you and say, hi, we have this information. How much is it worth to you? Give me a million bucks, give me 500 grand, give me 10 grand, whatever it is, and I'll go away. This is, the, to say that we are in the genesis of this issue, <laughs> ladies, is a gross understatement. I mean, when you think about a lot and of And they the all hats, deserve it, too. Good for them. Right. <laughs> okay. Well, so that's about passing it. judgment. We can certainly <laughs> say that it is It is a great lesson. What You're right, what we say to our kids. I mean, it's nothing's private on the internet. But, that, no, but I, see, the thing, too, is think about your show, which I love your show, all right? I mean... If this isn't Parenting 101, think about the direct and the collateral damage. Yeah. Think about the kids that are going to be embarrassed, mm -hmm. humiliated. Think of them having to go to school and be embarrassed about hearing what their mother's doing and their father's doing. All right? Think about the collateral damage of this. We always used to talk about, we talk about this a lot, that this used to be confined to celebrity, right? Whether it was celebrity children being targeted or right. celebrities being outed. This is on such a scale where if you think about, if you assume all these people are married, because why else would it be an affair? So you're talking about 37 million couples slash maybe families, right, that are about to be totally upended, totally, their world is about to be completely changed. And if you have a searchable database, which is what they're threatening to put up, right, they're threatening to put it up as something where you could type a name in and up they pop and you see if they were a member and you see what they've been doing. That is really almost an extortion of the public in mm -hmm. such a way. No question about it. But I, I really look at it, when you look at the advertising, which, what a tagline, right? <laughs> I mean, you put up a tagline, <laughs> you know you're going to take it on the chin sooner yes. or later, right? But from the, from, the, from the cyber side, so kind of lesson on that security issue is when servers like that are built, and this is advertised as being in the cloud, right? To understand what the cloud really is, ladies, it's nothing more than a big warehouse with lots of cages where the owners of that big warehouse do little to no background investigations on the people that have had access to those cages. And the level of encryption was none is case. zero at this, you know, <laughs> at this point because it's cheap. So in essence, you're taking all your most valuable information and you're putting it in a location without a key, without a lock, without pretty much anything. 
Yeah. And that's that's what it's at. And putting all those people at risk, which is what's so, which you can imagine, forget if this company, this company can't survive this, but just the class action lawsuits, because now these people are public, so now they really can come out and sue, because before they would probably be too scared to come out and sue, right? Because you don't want to reveal that you were on the site. So I just, I but Rebecca, to, what are you going to sue? There'd be no company left. Right. Well, that's yeah. what's going to happen. I want to go back to the security question for a second, because sure. you raise an interesting point. I've driven past Ashburn, Virginia, you know, where all the cloud farms are and all those places. Those cloud farms. Where, that's what they call them, the warehouses with all the servers. Um, so we're talking about Ashley Madison. You mentioned Sony earlier. Huge, huge hack against a major corporation. Mm -hmm. uh, the U.S. government itself mm -hmm. was hacked. Is this because um, people aren't spending the money on encryption and security? Is it really you deserve it, you didn't spend the money, you didn't protect your data? Or... Was it going to be hacked anyway? No, 100% correct. It's 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 the money, and I will tell you, that's why I've trademarked the phrase, cheap is expensive, hmm. uh, and, and because it's a conscious decision that we make today in how we protect data. Now, the information, when we moved into this age some 30 years ago and as we are today, we've not changed. So the information that's there is protected with the most rudimentary level of protection that you could possibly have. It costs money to enhance that. People just simply don't do it. They bet on the come line. They figure, I think I'm okay. Mm -hmm. We haven't been hacked, I think we're good. I'm not throwing you know, any company under the bus because everyone is pretty much the same way. IT is IT. IT, though, ladies, and to all your listeners, was not built for security. It was built for speed and convenience and maneuverability. It was built for connectivity wasn't built for security. So the other part to this is the inside. Remember, more than 82% of all the hacks have come from inside the organization, not outside. So if you're not protecting the integrity of the individual that has access to all of your stuff. Right. So yeah. let's say that you want to use a site that claims to be super safe, like Ashley Madison did, like my bank does, like you know the, the companies that hold on to your passwords claim. Right. How can you check that? It's a good point. And the word is compliance. So when you look inside the various vertical markets that hold data, very few are held to a compliance issue. So when you look at your banks, the banks are held under great scrutiny and they're audited to make sure that A, the physical structure has a certain level of security, B, that the human side meaning the, the actual human beings that have access to the servers are thoroughly screened on a yearly basis. See, the level of encryption that's protecting and enclosing that information at rest and information in motion is a much higher level. Asset managers, based on the SEC we saw last year, mm -hmm. we know that they are held to a higher standard. So in answer to your question, it's that when you find a vertical market that has a level of compliance where there's oversight to it, it's much safer. When you look at a vertical market like retail, there's no compliance issue, so it's a wide open market. And is there any kind of, of group that can put their stamp on a site that, that can say, oh, we've checked them out, this is safe? Not really, no. I mean, there, there are individual consulting firms, and we've toyed around with this a little bit, and I've, I've kind of backed away from it. Um, but there are individual consulting firms that will come in, conduct these really hard-level vulnerability assessments, find out where you're weak, plug the holes, and make it stronger. But no one that's like, you know, what, like a J.D. Power, boom, right. you know, you're still. Right. Right. I mean, there's so services like Trusty, um, and we use a service called Veritad on uh, Kids Views. But that's really about verifying credit card right. and mm. that kind of stuff. It's not about the user data. Right. And I think at the end of the day, people are so worried about identity theft and right. credit card theft. But 
this just shows the real vulnerability isn't that because you can deal with your credit card company. You can do, it might be a right. pain in the butt, but like you can get through it mm -hmm. because they do have laws around that. This, this just sealing of your personal information when you thought you were anonymous and then publishing everything you've written under anonymity, there's just, there's no, there's nothing protecting well, you from that. It's crazy. Rebecca, I just, I mean, ladies, I just went through this myself. When we saw the Office of Personal Management got hacked, well, I've held secret clearance. So, and the hack went back to 1985. And I had, like, I went through that in 1988 hmm. through 92. So all of my data was compromised. Hmm. Well, and that's anyway, and my husband works for the government and, you know, and his as well. And it's also, he, the way he explained it to me was every single, um, you know, person that they outsource to, all their contractors, They're all of them have clearance. Every single one of those people who had to then name their family and their friends, you know, in order to get this clearance, all hacked. So what happens to that information? Oh, my God. That, but when you start talking about OPM, that is the mothership. That is the mother load. One-stop shop. You have everything. You know everything about everyone. And I'll give you an example. God rest her soul, my mom, as she rest in peace. When I was having the background done on me, she called me, and as moms, you'll appreciate this. What did she say to me? She, what did you do? I said, <laughs> I'm a Ma, what did you say? What did you do? I said, I, don't, I didn't the do anything. Called me. There's men walking around this neighborhood. What, are you, what did you do? Did you do something wrong? Tell me right now. You know, so, I mean, I she, love it. She, God bless her, right? I says, Ma, I didn't do anything. It's a clear, what's clearance? I said, forget it. It's okay. So my point, they went back to like grade school. Right. Wow. There isn't any yeah. part, what, what countries I travel to. Everything about me. So you fast forward now to answer the totality of your question. Just how bad is that? Hypothetically speaking, we have, we have federal agents that now are placed right. in key positions overseas. They're compromised. Because those files showed that this guy is sitting in Beijing right now under this name. That type of thing. So mm. that was the mother load hit. There's right. no doubt about it. So at the end of the day, it, you know, to the, to the larger question is... Uh, if we don't start changing our cultural thinking in this country as it relates to protecting data, and we don't take an anti-crime approach in lieu of the information technology approach, this, ladies, as God is my judge, will continue and continue and continue until there's nothing left to take. Particularly if, I mean, this really is going to put Ashley Madison out of business, mm -hmm. and that's just the biggest example of all. And I think about all those other sites that are anonymous, even things like um, Get Off My Internets, which is just a <laughs> totally, like a troll site. Okay, I really want them to be hacked. <laughs> <laughs> but it, but I do, you know, it's it's a really interesting lesson for your kids, I think, that when you think you're anonymous in some right. place, think about what you're putting up because anyone could hack into that. And I think if, you were, if your real identity were revealed, what would that mean to you? Would you want this following you right. everywhere you went? Exactly, and, and, and I'll, I'll just cap it off with this. We are, we're doing a show this week, we're taping a show this week on sextortion, and the, the audience is really teenagers. Right. And young adults, they're the audience. Um, young girls whose futures are, have been completely compromised because of something they did or something they didn't even do. Um, examples. I, mean, I was reading the show sheets today. I wouldn't believe it. Yeah. Of you know this sixteen-year-old girl who had her uh, computer hacked at home, and the camera activated, and everything she did in her bedroom was hmm. was right. then put on the internet. I actually so heard of very send Snapchat pictures, you know, yeah. and boom, their life is. I over. heard a very scary statistic. Um, that book that came out, The Dark Side of the Internet. One of the things he said was that thirty percent of the child porn being created today is created by the kids themselves. Yeah. 
that is so frightening wow. by kids under 16. And sure. so they just have created a treasure trove of thefts that's being cataloged and collected by pedophiles. Right. And the one thing that I would say is, you know, message to you, you know, to your listeners is there is no electronic eraser. No. What you put out there will live in infamy. And that's why those delete button, that law they were trying to pass in California is stupid because right. it gives a false sense of security to people who Absolutely. think, well, now I have this delete button, the companies have to right. delete it. It's no. already been gathered and collected right. by somebody. When it is on the internet, it lives yeah. forever. If someone tells you that they can take it down, they're either ignorant or lying. Yeah. It's not happening. So. Well, on that cheery note, <laughs> we wish all of our listeners an Ashley Madison free week. <laughs> I, hope, I hope no one you love is on that oh list. Um, and Paul, thank you so much for coming on. Everyone should pleasure. check out Paul's podcast, The Security Brief, on Play.it. And check out the TV show every day on Reels at noon. Great. Thank Security you. Beef. Beef. Brief. <laughs> beef would be good, too. Beef would be good. That'd be a whole other show. That's going to be Paul's like. That's part two. That's like the hundredth episode. It's like, <laughs> I got a problem with you. I got a problem. <laughs> well, thank you, <laughs> thank ladies. You, it was a thank you so thank much. You. Alrighty. Bye. Stay tuned. We're back with our second topic with Claudia Sandoval of MasterChef. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Talking tech, apps, entertainment, and issues around parenting the digital generation. This is Parenting Bites with Rebecca Levy. Hi, we're back with our second topic, and we have Claudia Sandoval, who was a contestant on MasterChef, which everybody watches MasterChef. <laughs> I have to say, like, my whole Twitter stream blows up every week that <laughs> it's on. Um, there's something incredibly intriguing about seeing basically home cooks compete in front of Gordon Ramsay, which I don't even think I could like eat in his restaurant if he were there that day i think i would be so intimidated <laughs> but hi claudia it's great to have you on the phone hi it's great to be on the phone with you we um i wanted to give people a little bit of background which was i don't think you were the only mom on the show but they definitely made the fact that you were a mom a central part of your your character for lack of a better <laughs> word <laughs> yeah i think that there there is such a great array of um, contestants on the show this season and um, yeah definitely not the only mom um, but I think I was one of two single moms on the show and I think that that definitely is something that's a big part of my life <laughs> for sure um, I think I'm like mom first and then everything else second so um, I could definitely see why that would be a you know a fundamental part of my character <laughs> and so one of the things that was really nice was you really talked about how you want to hand down these recipes to your nine-year-old daughter and teach her to cook and how you know sort of integral that is to your relationship and being a mom can you talk oh, a little absolutely. bit about that yeah, absolutely. You know, I think that that's definitely kind of been what has really been handed down throughout the years, um, all the way down from like grandma to grandma, you know, kind of deal. Um, because my great grandma used to like cook out on um, pop up restaurants down in Mazatlan, Mexico. And, you know, and then she handed it down to, you know, my grandmother and my grandmother passed it down to my mom. And my mom kind of done the same. And, you know, my mom was a was also a single mom, but um, my mom's mother passed away when she was seven so very little of of what she knows in terms of cooking was actually obtained from her mother herself um and so that was really hard and so growing up my mom was just always kind of instilling like 
I don't know how long I'm going to be here, so I've got to just kind of make sure to always share these recipes and share this part of our culture with you and make sure that we don't lose any of this heritage and all of these really great recipes that have, handed, that have been handed down throughout the years. So the person that I actually call my abuelita, my grandmother, is my mom's aunt. And so being able to do what they've done over the years of handing down all of these, you know, I mean, hundreds of years of recipes um, to my daughter is so, so important to me. And yeah, we, I mean, we cook all the time. It's, 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 it's so amazing to be able to hand those things down, even if it is just tamales at the, you know, at the end of the year um, for Christmas and things like that. So speaking of tamales, um, what is your, <laughs> what are your sort of, you know, you're a single mom, you're really busy. What are your kind of main go-to dishes that you think every mom could easily do themselves also on a, on a busy weeknight? Well, today is a Tuesday, <laughs> and first thing my daughter says to me this morning is, oh, yes, Mom, Taco Tuesdays. And I think for a single mom, I mean, that's, that's, so, that's such an easy recipe. I mean, it's, it's something that's really easy to make. Um, uh, a, you know, at my house, for example, I buy a package of tortillas that can last me easily about a week. Um, and so tortillas is something that are very, very inexpensive, and you can use in so many different ways. You can make chilaquiles. You can make enchiladas. You can make tacos. And so I make great use of, of, of ingredients like that because I am a single mom. I, you know, I do. I am on a limited income, and so being able to use, you know, things um, in many different ways um, really, really kind of helps me stretch my budget. So yeah, tacos, enchiladas, um, all of those are, are big, big. Uh, big favorites in my house (laughs) at what age did you kind of really include your daughter in that in the cooking oh that's a good question I think like the first the first time we actually um got her kind of in the kitchen was um tamale making so it was probably like when she was about two, <laughs> which, wow. which is totally child labor to a certain extent. However, <laughs> um, you know, it's it, whenever as you grow up, it's so funny how you kind of graduate from you know from steps. So, for example, when she was two, what she would do would she would get the corn husks and like make little strips so that we could then tie the tamales. So really, all she was doing was kind of pulling away little strips of uh, out of the corn husks so that we could then tie the tamales. So yeah, I mean, really, really early on because then. As she progressed and got older, then she was able to help us chop vegetables or um, help us to kind of build and add like cilantro or just smaller items that perhaps weren't hot. Um, so yeah, you, you graduate, and now I, I can just do it all on my own. <laughs> <laughs> so when you were on the show, when you're on Master Chef, away from your family, I assume. I'm, I'm never sure quite how they how they arrange these things on these shows. I, I've been watching Unreal and probably too much of it on Lifetime where now I have horrible images in my head of how they're locking you into rooms and, <laughs> and pulling horrible tricks on you so that horrible things happen. Um, but that must have been hard um, to be away and also have, you know, somewhat of how they kept billing you as sort of the single mom and, and talking about your daughter a lot. You know, what was that like to be on the set of that show? Yeah, um, I definitely, definitely think that um, it was one of the hardest things I've ever had to do in my life. And I know that that seems like it's, um, like it's, it, it's big, right? Like it's a big, grandiose statement. And I, and, I, and I can definitely understand why somebody would kind of step back and be like, really? Like worse than child labor? I mean, like we're, there, are, there are lots of really bad things that can happen in your life. And, 
and it's not that it was a bad thing. It was just that it was very difficult. Um, being a single mom, you know, nobody nobody's paying my bills when I'm when I'm on the show. <laughs> um, so leaving was a really really big step. It was it was something that I really had to. I mean, I, I struggled with with making the decision of yes, I'm going to take this opportunity. Yes, I'm going to risk everything. Yes, I am going to walk away from my apartment. Yes, I am going to walk away from my daughter for an undetermined amount of time. And it was by far one of the hardest things I've ever had to do because I've never spent more than you know maybe two three days away from my daughter, um, and then having to be away from her for weeks and you know really months on end, it was it was painful. I got to speak with her, you know, maybe about. 10 to 15 minutes a week um, oh wow <laughs> yeah and you know it was it was it was hard I'm not gonna lie um, there were times when I would get really depressed and it was time to refocus and that's you know that's exactly how I would take my 10 to 15 minutes with her was she's the reason why I'm here you know she's the reason why I'm fighting so hard she's the reason why I continue to push myself in life I mean I'm getting like teary-eyed but you know like she is she is my motivation for everything that I do in life and you know, she's the reason why I'm not, you know, in, in, in a horrible marriage anymore. And, and that is, that is something that I pride myself in. I'm, I'm showing her that, you know, this is, this is me taking a risk and yes, an, an opportunity, but really a risk that could, has the potential of, of really fundamentally changing our lives. And that's something that I definitely want to teach her. I don't want her to, you know, I don't want her to be complacent in her life. I want her to shoot for the stars. What a great message that you're giving her, though. I mean, you're just showing her follow your dream. You know, if you have a dream, go for it and see what happens. You know, don't just Absolutely. don't just sit by and say, oh, I wish. So I think that, uh, I mean, it must have been horrible being away from her for that <laughs> period of time. But what a great lesson you taught. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, it was it was painful and it hurt. But, you know, I think like it's really funny how resilient children are. I think we hear that a lot, but my daughter, I kept every time I would call her, it was it was funny because I would kind of be like the more morose and sad person on the phone and be like, "Honey, I miss you," you know, and she would be like, "Mom, you're you're going to be okay. You're going to win this." Like <laughs> So it was, it was it, you know, it was like almost like she was a parent at some points. And, and I think that that's, you know, really just a sign of an independent child with, with a single mom, you know, who, who understands that. You know, um, I really, I really think that she understood why I was on the show and and what what the purpose of it was and and how it really could change our lives. And so I'm grateful to have such an amazing little little munchkin. <laughs> <laughs> Did it change the way you cook at all? Your uh, your time there, learning from other people and sort of getting that. I mean, to get professional feedback on your home cooking is is kind of insane. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I I am a completely different cook um 100 i am definitely more skilled i think what is the fundamental um change for me i think is how fast i can cook i think like i went from you know being able to cook like a three four quarter you know like three four course um plate you know with, with like four different components and a plate with within like an hour i can probably like crank that out now in like 20 minutes so wow oh that's how, a cookbook how, waiting to happen <laughs> that, is that right there <laughs> yeah well that's awesome thank you so much for joining us today and um you know good luck i mean it's really wonderful what you did and and the example you set for your daughter and kind of look forward to seeing what else you do and what else you do with 
this whole idea of sort of passing on these recipes to your daughter and also now cooking a four course meal in 20 minutes because that's just brilliant. <laughs> Thank you so much. I really appreciate the support. And yeah, I'm really excited to for the rest of the scene is in and, and see how it all shakes out. Yeah, us too. Always interesting. <laughs> Thanks so much. Yes. Thank you. Bye. Okay, so we'll be right back with our Bites of the Week. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Talking tech, apps, entertainment, and issues around parenting the digital generation. This is Parenting Bites with Rebecca Levy. All right, it's time for the Bites of the Week. And I feel like it should not be food related. I think we discovered everything. <laughs> mine food. is not. Oh my God, well, mine is not either. So it's a miracle. Because right. <laughs> usually one of the two of us have something, either food <laughs> or sunscreen related. That would be <laughs> All right, so Amy, are you going first? Uh, yeah, I can go first. Mine is a tech one um, this week. Yippee. It's, uh, yeah. And um, I actually got it through Andrea. And I, I should disclose that I have been paid by LG to say, uh, like, I, I've worked with them before, but I, I, I'm i not being paid by them for this product. Um, they just gave it to me to try out. And it's called the LG Tone, and it's Bluetooth earbuds. And I had kind of given up on Bluetooth earbuds a long time ago because um, I like to use them to watch TV. I like to watch TV while I wash dishes, especially, and between the water and the air conditioner, I have to blast the TV so loud that my whole family complains. Um, so I had tried doing it with Bluetooth headphones, but there, there was such a delay with the speech that it, it was just too hard to look at. These Bluetooth headphones, not only is the sound fantastic on the LG Tone, um, they're super comfortable. A lot of Bluetooth headphones, you know, there's some, there's some hardware that has to go into it, but the hardware actually goes around your neck it's not on your head like a headset and you can't even feel that it's there and uh, yeah it's it's it, you it, have to post a picture because you it's have really to see it, it kind of goes right. around like a backwards necklace yeah and then the earbuds go up from the hardware because oh, i was ear. totally picturing like when people get liposuction just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no and it's funny because at first i couldn't figure out how to put them on and I, I i had to look at the box and see oh that's how you wear them and then then once i got it it was so comfortable and so easy to use it the the uh battery time is something ridiculous like 15 hours on a charge um, and the sound is fantastic and the delay is so imperceptible you have to just stare closely at the people's mouths to even see a teeny tiny difference so these headphones are fantastic highly recommend them cool all right awesome. andrea good uh okay so i have two things only because i have an update for you guys so remember a few weeks ago i showed you that griffin reversible USB yes. charger, which I thought was so cool, reversible, and I love it. I just stick it in. Now I have an all-in-one computer, so my USB ports are hidden on the back on the side. Oh, so it's especially so good it's really for you. especially good because I can just put it in and in it goes. So now I have made by Tilt, which is also a favorite company, T Y L T, because they Tilt's chargers and cables always come in like neon green and blue and red. So Tilt just came out for back to school time with not only the reversible USB, but it's called the Tilt Flip Duo. And so for families who maybe have Windows phone users or Android users, as well as iOS or oh, just that's my family. We have three that need micro USB. Yep. <laughs> uh, Intercable. Uh, it's got a micro USB 
end, and then just attaching to that is a lightning end. Does that so work? It's got because two I have tips found that one. doesn't work. It has worked for me. Okay. In fact, I've been sitting here charging okay. my phone as we speak through the lightning and anyway, okay, giving it to Amy. So that's my update. If you want one that has both ends, tilt flip duo. Um, But my other bite of the week also, Amy, might be interested in because I know you're a big fan of the Microsoft Band. Oh, I am. um, I'm worried. Which I loved and loved and loved, but found it just a teeny tiny bit too thick for me on my wrist to take to the gym. So I'm now trying the Garmin Vivo Smart Band, which is very similar looking to the Microsoft Band, just black plastic. And God, I wish these guys would make these a little bit more fashionable and friendly design-wise. But it does pretty much the same thing the Microsoft Band does. It gives me my steps, my uh, heart rate if I'm wearing a heart rate monitor. What I love is it gives me my notifications so I can see if my husband texted me. I can see my emails. I can see, we talked about my Ring video doorbell. I'll get an alert on my wrist that there's someone at my front door. Oh, it can connect with that? It gives you every notification that you want to get from your phone onto your wrist. So you can't do anything with it, but you can go grab your phone then and know it's time. So it's the Garmin Vivo Smart. Um, a little bit smaller, thinner, less clunky than the Microsoft Band, but does just about the same thing. Love the Microsoft Band, but I like the thin profile of this. Very cool. All right. Well, mine is an app um, for Android and iOS. Sorry, Amy. No Windows. Called so, uh, Brickapic. You take any picture, you upload it, it renders it as Legos, and it tells you exactly the Legos to buy oh, to cool. recreate your picture in Lego. It is so cool. That's cool. So you can, and obviously, you know, close-up pictures kind of work better. Like the more contrast and the more sharp your image, the better. But it literally, you could do anything, any picture you want from your phone, upload it. it and it's really cool. And I'll tell you how many. Like you need 25 white bricks. You need six. And then it shows you how to put it together and you recreate the picture. <laughs> this in is <Lego>. dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> it is so dangerous. I feel like for birthday part, like for anything cool, <laughs> it is so cool. So you could theoretically get a picture and then go buy someone all the bricks they would need to yes. put that picture together. That would be so fun. With like the little instructions. Yeah. With like the diagram of where you're putting everything to create wow. your picture in Lego bricks. And obviously you should probably buy the like, you know, the base, the Lego base to put it all in and then glue it (laughs) 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 so glue it all together so it can never be that's cool but it was really it's really cool i highly recommend and that's it for us this week thank you amy you're very welcome thanks andrea Uh, and we will be back next week you can check us out on facebook at facebook.com slash parenting bites on twitter at hashtag parenting bites tweet us your issues your questions your dilemmas of the week um, check us out on Facebook for all the links to everything we talked about today. And we are on iTunes, of course, at Parenting Bites. Subscribe, rate us, review us, do all those things to help us get found in iTunes. And, of course, at Play.it, where you can find Parenting Bites and all of the other CBS podcasts. Till next week. Bye. 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 Bye.